Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live.
and that's when my tire starts to lock up. And luckily, I was able to make it to the side of the road. I didn't slide or do anything crazy. And I was able to avoid traffic. And long story short, the person who replaced my um, my brake pads forgot to tighten them, the screws. He tightened them with his hand, but he did not use them, you know, the air wrench to tighten the, the bolts. So over the course of the four or five hours that I had been driving from Dallas, the vibrations shook the bolts loose, and one of them fell out and caused my brake pad to rub up against my rim and lock my tire. So, um, you know, I was able to check that out. I went to my truck to get my jack so I can jack the car up and take a closer look at what was going on. Going all through my truck, I don't have a jack. So either the last time I got my oil changed or these guys at the brake place, someone stole the jack out of my truck, right? Because who thinks to look for a jack, right? You think it's always there. So my guy kid's parents show up, and, you know, their father has a jack. He jacks the car up. We take a look. We take the – there are two bolts that connect the, the brake calipers in the place. We The one from the top is the one that fell out. So we took the one from the bottom, replaced it. Um, up top to hold it in place and that was good enough for me to unlock my wheel drive two miles to a local gas station from there they took the kids home it was about eight o'clock at that point we had been sitting on the side of the road for about two hours two and a half hours um, they took the kids home I waited on a tow truck and that arrived about ten thirty, and I got home sometime before midnight crazy day I know what makes it worse I have a second vehicle um, drove the second vehicle today, coming back home to get ready to prep for the show. It's been a while since I've really driven that vehicle long, like a long time. So there was a slow radiator leak that I didn't know about. My coolant was low. Engine ran hot. I had to pull over. Someone had to come over and put some coolant in it. So in less than 24 hours, I've had two vehicles stalled on the side of the interstate. That lets you know how my weekend is. But you know what? All of that means nothing now because... I'm on the air. Everything's good. No one's hurt. Little inconvenience. The brake companies reimbursing me for the tow and my inconvenience. They were really nice. They were accountable for their actions. You can't ask for anything more. So that catches you up on my weekend. Now i got to do a little show maintenance for those of you who may be new to the show and think that all I do is rant about everything that happened to me. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak and it places you in the host queue. 
And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. All right. T2Q radio show number 516. We'll start right after these words from my official sponsor, TruthDevour.com, LiveTrader.net, and Batterizer.com. With graceful, effortless writing, author Truth Devours Enigma series brings to life the contemporary romantic trilogy, Wanton, Unrequited, and Sated. There are no limits when it comes to a person's search for true love. This story feels more than real and stays with you long after the last page has been read. Wanton, the 2015 winner of the L.A. Book Festival Romance category, is the first book in the trilogy that will get your heart pumping from the start. This is no ordinary love story. If it feels so good loving the wrong person, imagine how wonderful it's going to be when you love the right one. Do your imagination a favor. Wanton, unrequited and sated by Truth Devour. TruthDevour.com Tired of losing money in the markets by trusting? Or perhaps you simply want to learn how to take control of your financial future? Then look no further than LiveTraders.net. We specialize in helping inexperienced as well as experienced traders and investors successfully navigate the stock market through the use of technical analysis, chart reading, and proper money management techniques. Why earn 6% a year before fees and expenses when you could potentially earn more than 10 times that by taking control of your financial future? What separates LiveTraders.net from everyone else in the financial industry is that we put our money where our mouth is and trade our own capital live each and every day for our clients to see. For more information, call LiveTraders.net at 714-926-2866 or email us at www.LiveTraders.net. Hi, everyone. Did you know that the batteries we throw away are only about 20% depleted? If we lined up all the batteries we throw away in one year, we could build a bridge to the moon, wrap around the moon twice, and then build another bridge back to Earth. Let's cut down on unnecessary battery waste with Batterizer. Batterizer is a reusable micro-thin sleeve that extends the life of your batteries. Just slip it on over your batteries. Guaranteed to increase battery life by at least two times. Because two is better than one. My thanks to TruthDevour.com, my official sponsor, LiveTrader.net, and Batterizer for being sponsors of tonight's show. All right, 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. You know, I see so many kids participating in sports from soccer to football to basketball and more. But are the kids playing because they love the sport or because their parents want a retirement plan of 15 years? Or maybe because their parents want an hour or two of peace and quiet while the kids at practice. What some parents don't know is that they actually may be preventing their kids from reaching for their potential 
when it comes to sports or just being able to communicate. And my show legends and I will discuss why tonight. And I have three on the line right now. Let me go to the phone lines to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coast line of Pensacola, Florida. And welcome on, Buck. Buck, what's going on, man? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well, man. How you doing? Doing pretty good, actually, heading to work. I'm actually been working all day. I got a small job I got to do tonight. So I'm actually heading to work. Okay. Make that money, cuz. Yeah, I'm skipping. All right. I will go to the 248 area code outside the Motor City of Detroit. And welcome on the show legend and author, Crystal Dickerson. What's going on, Chris? Thank you. How are you? I am outstanding. How are you? I'm okay. Well, first of all, I want to say um, God is good. I'm so glad that you and your godchildren were able to come home safely. That was a wild story. And, yes, it was. Thank you very much. And uh, definitely thankful that everything worked out. No one was hurt. That's why I'm not tripping over it. You know, just one of those things, unfortunately. Right. Oh, yeah. And, of course, congrats on your syndication. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm over here doing the cabbage patch right here in my seat. But I'm uh, <laughs> very excited about that. I hope it's the first of many to come, of many outlets wanting right. to syndicate the show. So it I will appreciate be. that. All right. To the 732 area code I go, the Garden State of New Jersey. To break on the show enforcer. What's going on, right? Hey, what's going on, Q? Buck, Crystal, how y'all doing tonight? Doing hey, well, doing well. All right, and one more caller who has sneaked in from the 865 area code of Volunteer State of Tennessee. Welcome on, Daddy Rich. What's happening, bro? What's going down? Man, ain't that going on. Don't really tell what I'm doing. Uh, we already know you're drinking and smoking. What am I doing? Hello? Hello? All right, all right, I think he's still there. Yeah, we we know you drinking Hello? and smoking. Dr. We know we know we know how you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm all here. All right. So we'll go ahead and get started. And uh, now, you know, when it comes to sports, uh, you know, I grew up playing sports. I uh, just, you know, something I always did. You know, in the neighborhood to start off with, and I'm pretty sure a lot of the People on the phone, especially the guys, probably did so as well. But, uh, Ray, let me start with you on this. Uh, Ray, do you think some parents use organized sports as a way of letting their children play with other – a way to avoid, I guess, letting their kids play with other kids in the neighborhood? You know, rather than let them go up the street and play with little Ray Ray and little Johnny, who may be bad, they put them in organized activities. Um, I've never really thought of it like that, but um, that would be a good thing because playing in an organized situation versus, you know, playing on the street, it does have its advantages. You know what I mean? And you everything is structured. Like if you playing football on the street, there's really no rules. You know, right. And, you know, we have to come up the rough way, playing on rocks, playing on grass, you know, playing on sidewalks. So I think it would be better 
to have, you know, organized sports. You know, I don't see a problem with that. Okay. Crystal, what do you think? Do you think that um, some parents put their kids in organized sports to avoid them from having to play with neighborhood kids? Well, I think sometimes, yeah, they do. It keeps them out of trouble to keep their energies active and something a little more productive and and for them to learn about um, interacting with other kids and learning teamwork. And especially for young boys, it may be the only time they get to interact with uh, other males, you know, in a positive way. So I think it's a great idea for a lot of kids to go into sports, you know, especially our black boys. It gives them a way to learn something and to see possibly, um, you know, other black men in leadership roles to coach them. Okay. Well, Daddy Rich, um, can you, let me play devil's advocate on this, on what Ray and, and Crystal are saying. Um, if if the kids are going to organize activities, you know, their play is essentially planned out for them, can they kind of stunt their their social growth, so to speak, you know, because, you know, when I was growing up, I had to organize my own activities, you know, I got my football, walked down the street, knocked on door to door to get enough kids to go play, you know. But had I always been in organized activities, that would have been taken away from me. So can that stunt a kid's growth, so to speak? I think it I think it kinda enhances it. I think that it gives it a little more because you're going to meet outside uh people, maybe kids that aren't going to your school or per se in your neighborhood that aren't in your uh-huh. vicinity, and you you're gonna meet new people. So I think that that'll bring a new social status to you. You know, things that you haven't, people you haven't met yet. Uh, you know, and I think that it'll, it it would enhance it, not decline it. I think that it would help their social status, their social situation. Okay. <clears throat> because sport sure. to me, it it helped me out a lot. I uh, met a lot of new friends. You know. Through sports. Okay, so you're saying ex- expand your social status more so right, than social right. skills. All right, right but right. What, do, what do you think, man? Do well, you well, think both, that, both. You think it can do both, okay. But do you think that uh, playing in the neighborhood uh, can enhance your social skills a little bit, or you think organized play can get it done? I think both do. I mean, to a certain extent, because when you when you play in the neighborhood, I mean, you, you know, it's going to help build your build your skills some. And then when you get an organized, you know, organized, you know, where you go play in school or something like that, it, it enhances them even more because I mean, it gives you variety. I mean, I think kids grow better, you know, when they when, you know when you have as much contact as you can with different people. Now, I understand that today's times where people may want to, you know, put them straight into organized activities and kind of keep them away from the riffraff. I think it really depends on your neighborhood and where, you know, where you're raising your kids, really. Because, I mean, if you're in a good neighborhood, I don't see why, you know, playing with neighborhood kids is a problem. Now, if you live in a, you know, in a bad neighborhood, then, you know, you know, you would definitely want to, you know, put them in maybe an organized type setting versus you know, uh-huh. doing something, you know, in the neighborhood. So, but in any event, I think it helps, you know, to, you know, branch out, you know, in my opinion. So, I mean, I don't, you know, 
I know we grew up with neighborhood kids, you know, playing in neighborhoods and things of that nature. So I think every little bit helps. Okay. All right. Um, I, I can see your points. I can see your points. I guess I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the fence on it because, like, growing up, I, I kind of did both. You know, I did. I started off playing neighborhood sports, and then I played organized sports. And um, I think that it can, it can enhance your your like what Daddy Rich was saying, your social status, so to speak. You're getting to know more people, different people, which is kind of forcing you to communicate outside of your element. So that is a good thing, definitely. However, I didn't feel like I made real friends in organized activities. My real friends were the neighborhood friends, because those are the guys I can go down the street at any time and strike up a game. You know, I didn't have to wait until a certain day and a certain time to see someone at practice. And all the guys I practiced with in Little League, I mean, I never saw them outside of practice and game time. So we weren't really true friends. And I think if you're always in organized activities, you really don't have any true friends. You know, I mean, of course, it depends on the efforts of your parents and how they factor into that. But uh, let's see. Ray, let me ask you this. Do you get the same mental and physical toughness from organized sports as you do from playing with kids in the neighborhood? And I'm talking about, you know, like some of the little league kids, smaller league, under 10 or under 12. Um. No, I I don't I don't think that um that's that's a kind of a difficult question, but I would say that you don't. It all depends on where you at, you know, and what neighborhood you're playing in. You know, it's kind of like, but it's it's two different worlds, and some people can't separate the two. It's just like if you're playing on the street with your friends, whether it's basketball or football, you getting a disagreement just about every day we was fighting about something. At the end of the day we'd be cool. But in an organized sport you can't do that. Coach will put your ass off the team or put you in the locker room or or whatever. You won't come down off all that fighting and whatnot. So right. you have to learn how to deal with people or your teammates in a respectful manner. I mean, you can be mean on the field, or you can be tough or whatever, but it's a time and a place for everything, and I think organized sports teach you that versus, you know, street ball. It's like, you know, you play in the next block over or, you know, uptown and playing the projects and stuff like that. So it's really no rules to the situation. There's no referees. There's no nothing. So we can't get out of hand. So... You know, but then again, if if you're just kids in a normal neighborhood where, you know, everybody's going to school and it's a mother and father in every house and stuff like that, who knows if the street street ball is different than the organized ball. So I don't know. It just depends on where you're at. Okay. Daddy Rich, what do you think? Can... Organized, um, can you be just as mentally and physically tough in organized sports as you are in neighborhood sports? Yeah, uh, hmm. man, neighborhood sports, I'll say you're you're a little physically more, you're tougher. You have to be because you don't want to 
take that lick and start crying in front of your homeboys. You know, uh, you you when you're in uh, organized sports, it's a little different. You know, you get hurt, you limp to the sideline, you know, whatever. Trainer will take care of you, whatever it is. You know, your friends, hi, hi, you're hurt. But if you're you're playing in the backyard, man, and you get that hit and you go down and you limp over and you're rubbing your shins or something, man, you know what time it is. You already know right. what it is. Right. So I think that it's it's much tougher at home, man, than it is an organized organized you can let go. You know, you can you can you can let go. You can use what you did in the backyard with the fellas, all right, I'm gonna do this like I did Carl the other day. You know, I'm gonna juke him like your boy. You know, I'm gonna do this. You can let go there, but at back home, you know, you got to make the right moves or else. <laughs> right, right. Or uh, uh, else. <clears throat> Plus, you know, they're playing harder because that's your homeboys, so they're after you. You know. Yeah. So I, I would think I it'd be much tougher. Yep. I agree. I think it's much tougher in neighborhood sports because. One in organized sports, you're playing in your in your age bracket, right? So you're playing in ten to twelve league, or you know eight to ten, and so you have kids the same size. When I played neighborhood ball, I was twelve years old. It might be you know sixteen, seventeen year olds out there you had to tackle, and you'll catch your elbow in the mouth and all that stuff and like that. It really said you weren't gonna cry, you know. You had to man up. You learned to hit people. And, and hit them like a man, because if not, you know, it was just going to be bad news for you. So I think by far neighborhood uh, sports makes you physically and mentally tougher. Um, and like Ray was saying about how it's easy to get thrown out of an organized sport. Well, you know, you talk trash in organized sports, you can get thrown out the game. You talk trash in neighborhood, that's just what you did which is why a lot of people talk trash in professional sports because they grew up doing it. But um, I, I do think that it lends to a mental toughness. But, Crystal, um, let me ask you about the ego. Can organized sports inflate a kid's ego? You know how the best players are treated all nice by the coaches and other parents and everything. You know, other parents are always good to the, the quarterback of the team and things of that nature. Can that mess with a kid's ego? Is that what we see in professional sports? Yes. I mean, um, it's, it's kind of what Daddy Rich was saying earlier about social status. The social status of the of the kid kind of, um, it seeps into their regular, regular life, especially if they're good at it, you know. I mean, that's just a natural thing because People will know who they are. They'll um, get to meet, you know, different types of people. So as they grow, they'll know, um, you know, people in the community that they wouldn't have known otherwise. And then once they get into the real sports of high school, and it's a whole different, you know, kind of a community that they have to navigate, they'll have a leg up as far as social status because they will be part of um, – you know, the football team, basketball team, uh, sometimes both teams, you know, and they will already be known. So, yeah, it brings a definite ego to the, you know, to the child and the boy whatever growing up to know that, you know, this is what makes me popular. You know, they may know, they may like playing sports or whatever, but this is like an added bonus. You know, I'm I'm not just some kid or some guy now I'm, you know, I'm really good at football, so therefore 
I'm looked at differently. Looked at differently uh-huh. with the teachers and everybody, but you're also looked at differently with, um, you know, your friends or associates, as you were saying. They're not necessarily your friends, but the people that you grew up with, they, you know, they look at you differently. You're, you're like a step up from the rest of them. You're kind of outside yeah. of everybody else because you don't you don't see this person all the time. You don't see them every day because you know they're practicing all the time and all that. So when you do see them, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, you don't talk to them the same. So, I don't know. So, yeah, it definitely does mess with their ego. And sometimes I, rightly so. Okay. I, I think so as well. But do you agree? Yes, I do. I mean, I think it messes it mess with ego a little bit too. I mean, but, you know, it depends on the child too and it depends on their parents. I mean, if you, you know, you got to be kind of, you know, you get today's parents too soft on their kids. You know, they almost it's almost like they they're looking for a way out to, you know, the kids are looking to the parents to, you know, help them out a little bit, so to speak. But if you toughen them up early, then they'll be tough when they're playing neighborhood sports, and they'll be tough when they're being organized sports. But that, you know, that comes down to the parents. I know, you know. You just got to be a little bit tougher on them. Kids are a little bit, you know, they're a little bit more, you know, depending on how you raise them, they're a little bit easier to deal with than what you think. You know, you just have to, it just depends on the parents. Really. Okay. All right, 347 is the number on the Talk to Q Radio Show, brought to you by TruthDevour.com. All right, so we kind of broached on this topic before, but it really, you know, came up a lot with, James Harrison making his comments a few weeks ago. And, Daddy Rich, I'll start with you on this. Should a kid ever get a participation trophy in organized sports? You know, not a certificate, but a physical trophy. I think that it should stop at a certain age. That uh, actually after about, you know, say uh, Little League, Boys Club, 7, 8, around 10 years old, I think, that they should earn it. Uh, you know, when I played up until we got into that age, because I played for my father, you know, <clears throat> when we got into the 10-year-old age, you weren't getting, you weren't just getting something for participating. You had to participate and also contribute quite a bit to get a trophy. You might get a certificate or something like that in the banquet, you know, but only the guys, that the most valuable player, the best defensive player, were rewarded with trophies. And I feel like at that age, because that's what's going to happen to you when you get to high school, you're not going to get a trophy just for participating there or junior high. So I think that at 10 is a good cutoff for the kid to learn, okay, I have to be better than this person or this person. I have to be better than everybody in order to receive a reward at the end of the year. It's not just given for me getting on the team. I have to do something and earn this. And that also will help them transfer into their job situation. I mean, I know it helped me to understand things clearly. Earn, you know, you earn. And that started at an early age, like I said, with my father, way earlier than 10, of course, you know. But, you know, at basketball was the thing, and he was always – everybody had to earn a trophy. And I, I feel like that's where it should be at a certain age. Okay. And what do you think, Ray? Do you think that participation trophies are okay, or do you think there's a certain age limit, or does it not matter? 
Um, I would say, you know, they really shouldn't do that because, you know, me and my wife went to some boxing matches what, about two weeks ago. They happen to have, you know, little kids in their boxing and, you know, instead of determining the winner, they talk about they both winners and all that, and I'm sitting there like, nah, boy in the red, you know, kick the boy in the blue there. So, you know, but they raising both of their hands and putting nails around their neck and all this and that. That's good, you know, to a certain extent. But the reality is, like, some of them kids didn't even belong in there because it looked like they was lost. One kid was boxing, the other kid was looked like he was jogging. You know, to me, I wouldn't let my kid get out there like that. You know, either you're going to be the truth or you're going to sit your ass down somewhere. It, 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 it ain't for you. You know what I mean? So now if you get a little older, you want to try it again, or I see you watching film, or you taking the sport more seriously, then you can get back into it. But if not, you know, it's not for everybody. Some people, you know, it's meant to do other things, be a lawyer, be a doctor, or whatever it is that you that you're good at. Sports is not for everybody, so I don't think they should get little kids trophies. Okay, Crystal, what do you think? You think a kid should get a trophy, or you think it should stop at a certain age? They should always get it. How do you feel? Well, you know, I pretty much agree uh, with them. I think that when you're little and it is really not uh, a sport, it's more of an activity, then it's okay for it to be fun, and that's the, the, the premise of it. But once your child gets to a point where they're joining a league or, you know, they're joining an actual, you know, like a little football team, you know, that is a preparatory for, you know, for, you know, junior high and high school and those kinds of things, middle school, whatever, and you're working your child up to actually play football because you need to start them early, then then no, they should not get any anything except what is actually would be awarded to them, which is, you know, the trophy for actually winning. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, your winners, you can say that kind of stuff, you know, when you're coaching them or whatever, letting them know that, you know, you have to work hard or whatever, and you win, you know, your competition is yourself, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, in reality, that's not the way it's going to be. So, no. And, and see, when you start getting into the leads and everything, especially when they're younger, you need to weed them out. And that's how you can weed those kids out who – really don't want it or don't have the stamina or the fortitude or the just fucking personality. Some of the stuff, you are really built. You're born this way. And if you don't have that already or you can't learn it or you don't want to learn it and you're whining all the time about it and you're crying and you're like, well, no, he's a little kid. Well, maybe this is not what he should be doing. You know, there's plenty of other things he can do. He doesn't have to do sports. So... You know, I, I don't think I don't I don't agree I don't agree with any kind of participation kind of thing because I think it diminishes what they're there for. It's a competitive sport. Sports sports is competitive. No matter what you're doing, whether you're running track or whether you're playing football or whatever you're doing, it's competition. And I think kids need to learn early that there you know there are no points for second place. Who came in second? Who gives a fuck? 
who came in first. That's all that matters. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you're playing a sport, that's it. That's all that fucking matters. And I'm sure that right now Venus is is uh, <laughs> and she's dealing with that right now. You know, with her sister Serena, because Serena kicked her ass, exactly. of course. So, you know, that's that's the way it is. Sorry, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And you need to start this shit early. Nip this shit in the bud early. Let them know. Maybe your son, sorry, he is not cut out for sports. Okay? There's nothing wrong with him playing, you know, the saxophone or something. Nothing wrong with that. So let him do that. <laughs> not at all. And, Buck, how do you feel, man? I'll let you close close that question out. Do you feel like um, participation is Participation trophies are, you know, warranted at times, and if so, when? I think it's hot garbage, if you ask me personally, because I don't think you should get a participation trophy. You know, but I know we're living in a different time, so um, I don't think you should get a participation trophy after second grade. I think you should earn it from second grade on, simply because kids need to learn. I mean, if if you're giving them... uh, participation trophies up to 10th grade, then they're going to expect an award for losing. <laughs> I mean, and that's that's not what it's about. I mean, so my thing is, you know, they need to learn at an early age that you got to earn you got to earn these trophies. You know, I know when my son played on the football team, um, they gave trophies to the, all the kids. I thought that was the most the, the stupidest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And these kids were like. 10th and 11th grade, I mean, 10th, I mean, 9th and 10th grade, I mean, not 9th and 10th grade, but um, 9th and 10 years old, and I was like, what the hell is this shit, you know, you getting the trophy, you took it and win no championship or nothing, I'm like, what the hell are they doing getting trophies for, I thought, it was, I, I was kind of blowing a gasket myself personally, so um, I just didn't agree with that, especially at that age, so I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm a little funny about that, so I'd rather them earn the trophies, you know, and that way, you know, they learn to win. And you can't learn to win and you just, you know, you're just giving away giving away trophies just because you want everybody on the team to have one. And, you know, especially at that age, that's, to me, you're not really, you know, there's no sense in you playing that you're going to get a trophy for, you know, you two and, you know, you two and eight and y'all getting trophies. That's a waste of money. And, waste, you know, waste of the kids' time, in my opinion. So, I'm not with that. Okay. And I I look at it like this, and I I know this may be unpopular, but um, I personally don't feel like you should ever get a participation trophy. I think you should get a certificate, a piece of paper, uh, something that says, hey, you were here, or hey, you came in second, you know, I was runner-up. You know, maybe a medal, depending on the 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 event. If you, a second place can get a medal, but I think trophies are for winners. That's just how I think. And when I was growing up, and we played in the neighborhood again, here's the neighborhood angle again. We always took score. All right, there was always a winner. There was always a loser. We didn't just play, not keep score, shake hands, and go home. I mean, we had arguments over what the score was supposed to be. That's what we did. That's how that that kind of built our competitive fire. I don't know if a lot of kids today have that competitive fire. 
that a lot of them need if they want to be successful athletes. But, Ray, let me ask you this. Now that kids play sports year-round, because, you know, back in the day, you know, football was a, a foul sport. Now you have, like, seven-on-seven seven in some states like Texas and Florida, and they play in the spring. You have summer leagues, kids play in the summer. With baseball, baseball is pretty much year-around now. Is that mean that is that does that mean that kids are going to be more injury prone once they get old enough to go to college and maybe to the pros because they're overworked as kids? Is that a possibility? No, I don't think so. I think when you're young, man, you pretty much do anything you want to do. So, you know, I, I just think it is good. I just think that now that technology is better, people are discovering ways to to get athletes better. So, you know, it's more film study, it's more practice, it's more X's and O's, it's, it's more everything. You can't just be real dumb anymore and play sports because things you got to remember is things you have to do, and, you know, it's rules to the game. You can't just show up and, you know, you root for somebody and use the alcoholic and all this other kind of stuff and just do whatever you want, you have to be organized because it's organized sports. They're preparing you for the next level, whether that's high school, whether it's college, or whether it's the professional level. Professional athlete always has that word professional in front of it. And it teaches you how to conduct yourself. If it's just about playing the game itself and then once the season is over and you're done, you're not getting prepared for the next level. College football is year-round. You know, with you know off season workouts and all that other stuff, voluntary work workouts with a quotation marks, but you have to be there. So I think it's a good thing. Okay, all right, interesting perspective. Buck, how do you feel, man? Do kids get worn out playing sports year round as opposed to seasonal like they used to do at one time? But today's kids probably get worn out because they weak. Um, but I mean, there's, you know, I mean, I can't, I can tell you several, um, you know, there's a, there were kids we grew up to, you know, they were doing all kinds of sports, you know, you playing, some of them played football, some of them played football, basketball, some of them played football, basketball, baseball, soccer, and some other things too. I mean, they, they, they play all sports. So, you know, Yesterday's kids, I mean, they didn't get tired. But today's kids, you know, they, they're the video game, you know, video games, stay in the air condition, you know, don't play in the sun. You know, we get out there and play basketball and, you know, 12 o'clock in the heat of the day. These, today's kids are like, man, it's too hot. I don't want to be out there. So, I mean, you know, today's kids are just, they just ain't made like, they're not made like us, you know. And it's, it's funny because, you know, I can see people – that are older than I am outside cutting grass, you know, when it's, you know, 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm sitting up there laughing going, like, look at that, that man, older than I am, he out there. I can't I can't get my child out there unless I'm out there with him. I can't just send him out there and expect the grass to get cut because it ain't going to get cut. So, you know, it's just it's such a different mentality to kids. But, you know, yeah, that goes back to what I was saying earlier about parents get to make them kids get out there and do it. So, you know, get out there and ride the bike when it's two or three in the afternoon, when it's hot. 
you know, they need to, we, you know, parents got to start the kids out on the early, you know, when it's early, at an early age, so that way they go ahead and get that, you know, get used to the heat. And especially in Mississippi, you know, when I grew, where I grew up, man, it'd be, I mean, man, you remember how hot it was. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's, I think it's more than just getting them used to the heat. I think I did a lot of things just because it was fun. All right. All I wanted to do was have fun. So it didn't matter what the weather was. If I had an opportunity to do it, I was going to do it. We played football in the rain. We played in the snow. Um, you know, I remember the last day of school, right before Christmas break, it started snowing a little bit. We were out there playing football, you know, in eighth, eighth grade or whatever grade we may have been in. I don't know. And But we did it because it was fun. I mean, Daddy Rich... Crystal, what do you all think? Do either of you agree that playing sports year-round, like playing baseball year-round or or soccer year-round or whatever can wear a kid out to where he gets to, you know, an adult age, he just doesn't have the the endurance? Ooh. <clears throat> I don't know. You know, I have my son in basketball, and he, he does it year-round. Uh, like we do skill stuff. When the off season, they have like an off season, and then we have a pre before season, preseason thing. So he he does that year round, and we had him in football too. And last year he played on two in two leagues in basketball at the same time. So we were running from one place to the other on the oh, same man. days. Yeah, it was tough, man. You know, but I, nowadays if if they're serious. If the kid, if you see that the kid really wants to be an athlete at that sport or whatever sport it's in, then I think it's okay, and I think the kid will let you know because my son kind of lets us know, you know, I'm kind of tired, so we'll back off and we won't go to a, a skill on a, on a weekday or something. You know, we'll, we'll back off and let him get a rest. And I, I think it's all about the kid. And, you know, like Buck says, man, these kids, most the majority of them aren't made like we were. We, you know, we – got out there and did our thing. Now, my son, he's out there playing all day. I'm about, this little summer gun will go out from the time he gets up and be ready to roll, Jack, and won't come home to the light to like we used to be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, most it's, it's a rarity to find kids nowadays like that, like Buck says. The mentality of these kids is PlayStation, Xbox, you know, they don't give a damn about going outside and playing, but... <clears throat> I don't think – I think the ones that are serious and you know that they're going to be something that are determined, I don't think it even bothers them about having to do it all the time. I don't even think they even think about it. You know what I mean? Okay. I think it's, all right. I think it's natural. Crystal, do you want to add something? Um, Not really because I agree with what, um, you know, all the guys have said, you know, basically. Okay. I, re- I really do think that, you know, the – To my point, what I was saying before about weeding kids out, I think it is a way of weeding children out of the sport. And but see, a lot of it is the parent. As you know, I know what you want to talk about regarding parents. I think sometimes the parents push the kid to do things they don't really want to do, so they could end up getting hurt because they're not paying attention, it's not natural for them, it's not something that they really want to do. So they do end up getting hurt. But, you know, I I, I agree with what the other guy said, though. I have, I have mixed feelings on it. I understand what everyone's saying. 
I feel like if you if your kid is always in an organized activity, you don't know if that's something they really want to do or not. Or, I mean, yeah, they want something to do, but I, I don't know if you can really tell if their heart's in it or not. I mean, when when a sport has an off season, you can tell if your kid is interested in it because if if your kid plays baseball, um, and it's off season of baseball, and your kid doesn't pick up a ball or a glove all in the off season, then your kid doesn't care about baseball, okay? But if your kid is constantly having to go to practice and it becomes like a job, almost like going to school, I don't know if you really know if they like it or not, you know? Now, one thing I can say is um, in baseball now, we have more career-ending injuries for pitchers. The Tommy, well, it's not necessarily career-ending, career-threatening. Tommy John surgeries, we have more of those now than we've ever had. And I think it's because they're throwing so many pitches as kids that their arms are shot when they go pro. Um, Kerry Wood is a great example. This is a guy that showed up with the Cubs, and everybody thought he was the next big thing, and he threw his arm out in a season, you know. But, I mean, when you're throwing that type of heat since you're like eight years old nonstop, then by the time you're 19 and 20 and ready to take it to the major leagues, your arm has mileage on it that, you know, older guys didn't have to deal with. And I think it's also what we're seeing in football with all of these serious ACL, you know, anterior cruciate ligament injuries and medial collateral ligament injuries as as well. Because these guys work out so much. And even though your bodies get bigger, your bones and your joints are pretty much the same. You know, they're the same size. You know, you may have big muscles, but your joints are pretty much the same size. And they can't take all that torque. And people are... We had more ACL injuries, I think, last year than we've ever had. And I think it's increased every year for like the last 15 years or something like that in the NFL. And um, I think that people are overworked because back in the day in the off season, it was really an off season. Guys got fat. Guys had other jobs. They relaxed and gave their bodies time to heal. But now if you're going 24-7, don't get me wrong, it's great for us as fans, but these guys are really taking a toll on their bodies. And I think we see evidence every day, and it might just be a little too much. I don't know. But, um, okay, so the a couple food more also. questions. Well, the yeah, food, the food. The steroids may, and the supplements. That may play a role in it. That may play like, a role when in When I was food. growing up, that's when the supplements started really getting heavy in the mm-hmm. 80s. When I was in high school, that there was guys that you could go to that had the stuff you could get you know and i think a lot of it is the supplements and the the chicken the steroids that they're pumping in the food that's messed up because if you think about it because back when i played it, it wasn't an off season it was uh if you wanted to go or not you know and it was optional but i always went a lot of us always went and did off season i always worked all through off season you know like uh-huh. ran did everything so i don't think it's as much as work hard you know, as work hard as it is, the supplements and the things that they're putting in their bodies. Okay. And, yeah, and I do think I, I do think people, you know, work. I'm not saying that you just don't do anything in the off season, but I think that, you know, working out on your own, running, lifting weights is a little different than actual contact, you know, 24-7. I think spring, summer, and fall contact can, can wear a person out. Uh, and I just think with certain sports, you got to give your body time to recover, especially – a pitcher. It may not b- bother someone who's just in the outfield, plays left field, you know, he can probably be all right. But someone who pitches, 
Yeah, or someone maybe a catcher who has to squat all the time, and your next thing you know, your knees are going bad at 30, whereas other people may be able to make it to 40. I just think that it's taking a toll on them. But so let me ask you if this is fair or foul. Buck, I'll go to you. If you're in a league and a parent decides they're going to take their child out of that league and move them to another league because that kid is not getting enough playing time, is that good or bad for the kid? Well, you got to look at it like this, and I think somebody hit on it a little bit earlier. You know, first of all, you got to find out whether your kid is actually suitable for that sport. Um, I know that's something that I have to deal with with mine because he wants to play professional football, but he does not have the mentality for football. Um, he was dead set against playing anything else like baseball or basketball or anything like that. Since then, he's actually, he, he's actually better suited for basketball and not football. Um, you know, so it's, you know, you can change from the league, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to get more playing time. Simply because if you know if he's not doing what he needs to do in practice, then you can change leads five or six times. And if and if he ain't cut out for that particular sport, he just ain't cut out for that sport. So a lot of times parents are, are blinded by their own you know trying to live their dreams through their kids when their kids ain't you know they just ain't able. So you know you got to make sure your kid is you know ready to actually play that kind of sport. You know, he, if he's not if he's not down with, you know, doing what he needs to do, in, in, you know, as far as football goes, you know, for example, then try another sport. I wouldn't necessarily switch leagues. Okay. What do you think, Ray? Do you think that um, it's cool for a parent to take their kid out of one league because they're not getting enough playing time? You know, the kid in front of them is it, – it's not that they're being shunned by the coach or anything, just – the kid in front of them is just better than them. So is it cool to put them in another league where they can play, or is it better for them to sit behind the kid and learn and try to get, you know, maybe try to win that spot? Well, you know, last and it all depends on the, uh, the situation. You know, if somebody is, you know, a star or, you know, a freak of nature, then it all depends second best sometimes is the best somewhere else. So you have to be able to determine that. It's like if you got a kid like Adrian Peterson in high school and, you know, you might be a good running back in your own right, but at the same time you may not be Adrian Peterson, but you can go to another school and just shy, then I don't see a problem with that. But if you are a parent, and you can be honest about what you see in your own child. Like, you know, if you go out and you see a child, you're like, oh, man, this is a man among boys. He can't, he can't mess with this guy. He can't mess with that guy. He really shouldn't be a running back. You're supposed to be honest with yourself and honest with your kids. But to get mad because he's not playing and take him out, that's completely wrong. And that's not teaching them responsibility in life. So I totally disagree with that. Now, if he was qualified, and like I say, he's just second best, I don't see nothing wrong with that. Okay. All right. 
And anybody else want to comment on that question? As far as, uh, you know, what do you think? Do you think it's cool if your kid is, or if a kid is second best, that is okay to take him somewhere where he can get a chance to, you know, he or she can be get a chance to be the one? Or do you let them stay in that place and hopefully improve and maybe win their role at first, you know, at being first? Anybody, Crystal? Day Rich? Yeah. I'll say you let them stay and learn, man, and get better. Uh, because this, these things are going to happen all throughout life. There's going to be someone better than you. And you, if you run from that, the challenge, then you, you'll never get better yourself. Uh, you know, so I, I feel like because, you know, when I was young, I always went for the best. If you didn't play with the best, you weren't going to get better or be the best. So, you know, in order for my son, the way I look at it, if there's somebody better than him in front of him at that position, then what he's got to do is is understand that and say, okay, i got to get better than him. You know, i just got to work harder and do the things that I need to do to win that position, you know, and – those things that that's life learning situations. If you take them out of something like that, then you just missed a chance for them to learn something in life, you know, to earn, you know, just to earn. And and that, like Buck said, that's the generation and that's the way people are thinking. It's a whole new way of thinking now, you know, our fathers, mothers would never take us away from something just because we weren't playing. They make you stick it out and earn your position. Right. Right. I, I, I agree with that, Daddy Rich. I, I remember when I was coaching my um, – I had a niece, and I was coaching her Little League uh, basketball team. And we had a really good point guard, a really good shooting guard, and we had a, a, a young girl on the bench who was a really good guard, but she couldn't really get any playing time because she was unfortunately third best. And so – we were trying to evaluate, you know, our best starting lineup and things of that nature. Her dad told her, uh, whatever you do, find the best person on the team and find a way to stop them. Right? That's the advice her dad gave her. So the best girl on her team, she always wanted to check that girl in practice. And she showed us a lot of heart, and she did a good job of kind of slowing her down. She couldn't stop her. but And it got to the point that we ended up running three guards in our starting lineup. You know, because she was just that good. And I so I think that you can win your way into a spot and it goes a lot more towards your your morale and your confidence when you do that. But like Ray said, sometimes you get behind Adrian Peterson and you're just not you're just not gonna be the best. And maybe you do have to try to take some things into consideration at that point. I mean, Thurman Thomas came behind Barry Sanders, you know, he had to sit behind him and and just wait his turn to get his carries, and sometimes that's just the the hand that you dealt. But I, I think Thomas that, came before Barry. Oh, I'm sorry, he did, and he was still on the bench, huh? And um, yeah. yeah, so I mean, I think in situations like that, that you know, those things are going to happen. But for the but like what Daddy Rich said, or I think maybe it been Buck, I don't know. Uh, you got to be honest. If your kid just sucks and you're pulling your kid to try to take them somewhere else, then you're really making things worse. Um, if your kid just sucks, you definitely need to leave your kid there and hope that the person who's ahead of them is going to rub off on them for sure. But 
All right, last question. Uh, are, are Little League sports necessary for a kid to develop into a professional player? Uh, Crystal, do you think that the only way a kid can go pro is if they have to have some type of Little League experience? Um, I don't think it's the only way. I mean, of course, there are plenty of kids who – grew up to, to be in, you know, professional and didn't have that, you know, those little leagues at all. They were just, you know, natural players or they played in the community. But I think it's a very good way of getting a child ready early. I mean, because, you know, because it it, it, it prepares them for the team sports in middle school, junior, and then in high school. You got to think about it on a, as a real career path if that's what you're thinking about. And with a lot of these parents, um, the reason why they get them started early is because of that. They're thinking about the long term. They want them to go pro. And the only way to do that a lot of times is for them to hone their skills and learn early and to learn about, you know, the sport itself. You know, I'm sure there's lots of things they can learn just by the virtue of playing, being around it, and, and everything like that. So by the time they get to high school, you know, they're pretty much pros already, and they're ready for that competition. And then, you know, then they can start thinking about whether they're going to turn pro or whether or not they're going to go to college and everything. So, I mean, it's, I mean, if you are thinking on that line, then, yeah, you need to get them started early. Okay. Anybody else want to comment on that? Do you think that um, Little League play is essential to going professional in any sport? I would say no because it's too many examples of people who didn't play. So I would say no. Okay. I would say yes um, because you know if some kids, you know, depending on you know, depending on their own skill set. I'm sorry, I can't I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I said, I think it'll help them because, you know, what type of, you know, depending on what type of, you know, sport that they're playing, I mean, there's some things that you can learn. Um, So I think the sooner the better, depending on what what sport they're playing. Okay, okay. All right, well, uh, I don't know if it's essential. I, I think, you know, like Ray said, there are plenty of examples of people who didn't have to go that route. I think it helps when um, it kind of helps you learn how to be coached because being coached is very important as you go towards a pro when you have someone that tries to take your raw athletic ability and actually mold it into something. Um, But I don't think – I think with good parenting or maybe uh, a family member or a friend who just happens to know a lot about the sport, that can be enough to kind of give you what you need to reach the high school levels and get your coaching at that point. But, um, I mean, the bottom line is I think organized sports are great. Uh, I don't like the fact that some of them are year-round. Um, if I had a, a kid and my kid played baseball, I don't think I would have my kid play baseball, you know, 365 days, you know, spring, summer ball, and fall ball. I really think I would have to at least take some one of those seasons off, maybe the summer or maybe even both the spring and summer. I don't know. Uh, it just depends. And because I just think it's too much, and I think it wears them down. And a lot of times, parents see dollar signs, 
They see opportunities to get the kid out the house. And I think that, you know, if you don't let your kid have an opportunity to just do things on their own, if they're always going to some activity that you're planning for them, how are they going to learn how to do anything on their own when you pretty much plan their entire life for them up until the, you know, they reach high school? They're constantly going here. I mean, it doesn't have to be sports. They're going to violin practice. They're going to dance. They're, you know, they're doing music or whatever it may be. They're constantly going here and there and then all this other stuff. And before you know it, they're in high school and they don't even know what to do with their lives. They don't know what to do with themselves because they've never had to do it. So I, I do think that sometimes it can be too much, if you ask me. But we're going to take a quick break and got another topic I want to bring up. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number on the Talk to Q Radio Show. No experts, just opinions. Hey, this is Lisa Dean from ChilltownTV.com and Lele's Ultimate Date from Hell, and you are listening to the Talk to Q Radio Show. No experts, just opinions. Okay, well, Lisa, you kind of repeated what I just said, but that's cool. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number. And, Crystal, I'm going to ask you this. Did you hear about, uh, I think over the weekend, singer Chris Brown did not show up at a nightclub that was hosting uh, like an Atlanta Black Gay Pride weekend event. And it's supposed to be one of the biggest parties, um, you know, in the country and all this other stuff, and he didn't show up. Now, he says on Twitter a couple of days later that he didn't know he was supposed to be there, that he thought it was canceled. He has nothing but love for the LGBT community and the show was never confirmed and all that stuff. Crystal, do you think that he intentionally did not go because of rumors that have been swirling about certain R&B singers being gay? Or do you think it was just an honest mistake? Nah, he didn't go. because <laughs> He didn't go because he didn't want to go. Um, and it was something that I'm sure that was planned and, um, you know, set up by, you know, his people. And, you know, probably thought of as, hey, this, this is a great way to get your image up. You know, you're supporting, you know, this this community and how great and look at you. And they thought, well, this is a great way to boost your image. And, you know, he was probably saying, I don't want to do this shit the whole time. But they went on and booked it. And then, boom, he said, well, fuck it, I'm not going to go. So I really do believe he just said, nah, I'm not going. <laughs> All right. Ray, what do you think, man? Do you, th- you think that he just avoided it? I mean, you kind of got to take the man at his word. But, I mean, if I was the person to give my opinion, I would say, yeah, he probably didn't want to be involved. But the way things is is now anything you open up your mouth and say people disagree with is a problem. So it's no longer free speech. You know, you say, well, what do you think about this? You can't do nothing but say, I got nothing but love and this, that, and the other. You say anything other than that, we're going to shut you down. So, hey, if that's the way we making you talk, when you talk like that, we got to believe what you say. So I will say, okay, I think the man is work. You know, it's nothing but a big big chess game, man. Okay. And so, I mean, Daddy Rich, as a performer yourself, I mean, you know, there are going to be all kinds of people who are going to buy your CDs. You know, when you, when you drop your next CD, you're going to have straight people and gay people 
buying your CD. So if you're asked to appear at a gay event, and you know these people are your fans, um, regardless of how you feel, do you show or do you just make a personal decision to say, you know what, I'm going to find a reason to pass on it? You got to go, man. It's, that's, it's work. It's work. And you got to look at it that way, you know. It is what it is. Even though you do some things <clears throat> functions, excuse me, that you're going to have to do you don't uh, like or don't want to be a part of, but it's a part of work. And if it's something that's crucial to your work, then I think that you should make sure that you attend it. In this instance, I think that he should have gone to it uh, because, it, you know, those guys are just like PETA, man. They'll, they'll tear your ass up, you know, <laughs> in the media, okay. and then you'll, you'll be right. in a whirlwind of shit behind them. So, you, I mean, you got to watch who you piss off, you know. You never knew the people that was fooling with PETA would, would get Michael Vick. Now, look at him. He's went they through still the give shit him because of him. <laughs> they won't let it go. You know, they no. ruined his whole career over some dogs. And, you know, it's, it's the same thing could happen with Chris Brown if he made the wrong uh, statements or, you know, somebody found out that he really did just shaft them. You know, it could be a big problem. You know, those people really have a – I don't know what, how the hell, but they, they have some kind of thing in the media. They'll tear you up, man. You got you to deal with it appropriately, man. Okay. All right. It's funny you use the term – Tear, tear you up and shaft them when we're talking about gay pride. But, <laughs> but, hey, but so I, I agree with Daddy, with what Daddy Rich said, man, that, you know, you have to look at it as work and you have to do your job. But if it's like a pride event, do you think people are going to assume that you associate with gay pride or that you support it if you perform there? Man, this is slippery slope. I mean, you know, and Chris Brown has an image of being, you know, cool and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And maybe he did do it for, you know, just for, you know, from an image standpoint, just to kind of boost him up a little bit. And, you know, there's always kind of all kinds of stunts that people pulled, you know, in today's time. But, you know, regardless, if you sign up for it, you got you to gotta look at it, you know, look at it for what it is, which is work. I mean, I don't think any of us gonna think that Chris Brown. I, 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 just, I disagree with that, though, man. It, it, it's not work when you get in a place that makes you feel uncomfortable. Guys got glitter on their face and long fingernails and talking <laughs> like a woman and stuff like that. It gets too far. Now, what I'm supposed to do? Shake hands and hug necks and all that, like I do at regular concerts. Nah, man, leave that money on the table. I, particularly when I you understand what they're saying. I understand what you're saying, but I understand that. But if you are like that, then you don't have your PR people set you up for things like that. So, I mean, I mean no, but you know, you got to look. You know, you have to be fair to you know, you know, today's time. You got to be fair to all, all you know, all creeds, nationalities, and things of that nature. Because you know, in today's time. You know, you say the wrong no. thing, you know, it could cross your career. No. But at the same, but you, you know, you but at the same time, you know. You know yep. what I mean? It, it's it's yep. just like uh, performing for the fraternal order of police or something. You may not want to do it, but you don't really have a speak on it. 
or, you know, whatever the king says. He didn't have to speak on it. He just didn't have to do it. But it, 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 I, I, I feel as though, you know, if that that is the case, you don't have nothing against nobody. But if that's not what you do, that's not the way you get down, I, I just don't see you wanting to be there because it's not going to stop then. You're on stage, you're dancing, now guys are throwing panties or underwear, <laughs> whatever it is they wear. I mean, it just, it just gets, too, gets to be too much. See, sooner or later, see us, we smile all night to get the half a million dollar check. We can use the money. But if you a guy, you say, man, listen, I ain't got to put up with this guy throwing underwear, hit me in the back of the head, and you got to smile and act like you like it, and you know, and it's all fun, and you know, uh, like you see on night shows now, guys kissing guys on the cheek, thinking that it's funny, and all that kind of stuff, and you can't jump back and hit the guy in the mouth because then everybody will shut you down in America. You know, nah, just stay away from there. Tell them you had well, a previous engagement or whatever you had to say. Okay. I'm not sure if Chris Brown didn't show because he was uncomfortable or because he may have enjoyed it. I mean, you know, we don't know. But for whatever uh, reason. You got too many women for that, bro. Yeah, yeah they, a lot of them do. But for whatever reason, he didn't show. And he says that he wasn't aware and I don't know. And I think it can be, you know, a situation that, you know, you have to consider. I mean, just think about it. If you're a male stripper, you go to a bachelorette party and there's a, a gay guy there, you know, I, I mean, how is that person going to perform? Are they going to skip over the gay guy? Is he going to get the same attention the women getting? I mean, some people are professional to the point where they're going to treat everyone the same. And some people like me, are going to be uncomfortable to where I'm like, nah, I'm not dancing in front of this dude, you know? So, and people can take it how they want to take it, but I don't have to. That's the thing. And no one, I have to care less what someone thinks, you know, as far as peer pressure or pressure from whoever, that's going to make me say as a professional dancer, I'm going to dance in front of some dude or something. So I think everyone can make their choice. Of course, you will get penalized for it, fairly or unfairly. Um, but ultimately, I, we will never probably know the real reason with Chris Brown. If it comes out that he knew, then, of course, he is going to catch backlash from it. But uh, I think it's his decision to it, – it's a shame that if he didn't want to perform, it's a shame that he has he can't just say, no, I don't want to perform, you know, as opposed to coming up with some excuse that people are going to speculate anyway. All right, we can address that in final thoughts if you want to have anything else to add. On tomorrow's show is NFL kickoff 2015 on zone coverage. 32 questions on all 32 teams, and we'll give our season prediction on who we think is going to the Super Bowl. But before we even get to that, we will be joined at the beginning of the show with former Jackson State University wide receiver standout, and the first-round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs in 2000, Sylvester Morris. We'll bring him on, talk about his playing career and things of that nature, the first part of the show. All of that on Zone Coverage at T2Q, brought to you by TruthDevour.com. Tomorrow the show is an hour earlier start time, so it's going to start at 9 p.m. Eastern. So, guys, be ready. We're going to use the full three hours, and we're going to have to move fast tomorrow. There's a lot of questions 
a lot we got to go over. We got to move fast. We're going to need the entire three hours on tomorrow's show. Also, for those who may have missed at the beginning of the show, there's some more good news about uh, T2Q. The Talk to Q radio show has been officially syndicated. The people over at the Good Radio Network thought enough of me to and the show to put it in syndication on their channel. So past T2Q episodes will air on the Good Radio Network twice per week. So get caught up on what you may have, you know, missed back in the day over at the Good Work the Good Radio Network dot com. Go there, check out my bio on the host page and, and check out everything and hopefully um at least the bigger things to come, more syndications uh, more sponsors and things of that nature. Because now it's like I can tell sponsors I'm on two networks. So, uh, you know, what's up? All right. <laughs> we'll go ahead and get into final thoughts. And, Crystal, I will start with you. First of all, Crystal, I appreciate you taking the time to participate in a show that talks about sports. I just know it makes you feel all icky inside, but I did throw in the Chris Brown thing at the end. So go ahead with your final thoughts. Yes, thank you, Q, for recognizing that. Um, first of all, I would like to say um, Chris Brown is not gay, okay? Let's just put that out. Okay. Okay? It's your little insinuations or whatever. Hey, <laughs> not gay. They, they got stuff about him and Trey songs. And, I mean, I don't care one way or another if he is or not. I don't really follow him like that, but. Now, Trey Songs, that's another one. That's another um, question right there. But no. Chris Brown, no. Many women. Man, I'm telling you, that don't mean nothing, Ray. That doesn't mean nothing. Trey Songs, when it comes to women, I respect that man. I'm telling you. They can have all, all right, the well, women um, in the world. But I'm sorry. Go ahead, Crystal. Okay, good show. Um... <laughs> Good show, good topic. Um, very interesting regarding um, the kids and sports. Um, I think a lot of the things regarding sports and children are the parents. Uh, I think most of the children who get um, kind of a bad rap or a bad vibe from being in sports, and you find out later in high school or whatever that, oops, I don't want to do this, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing, or it's really because the parents have pushed them the whole time. And I know you said something earlier about how would you know. Well, a lot of times it can be hard for the main parent who is doing the pushing, maybe the dad or whatever, or even sometimes now the mom. You know, you got these uh, sports moms who are just waiting for their little boy to grow up and, you know, become an NBA star and buy them a house or something. So, I mean, and they have this feeling that they don't want to disappoint anybody. Um, They don't want to let their father down or or disappoint their families. So they keep pushing and they keep doing it, even though they really don't want to do it. I think you have to tell children, no matter what, first of all, you don't let them live your dream that you didn't get to have in your life and allow them to live their life the way they want to live it, to be happy. And, you know, that's, that's for me, the way I always wanted to, when I raised my children, is to, no matter what they wanted to do, as long as it makes you happy, that's what you want to do. I mean, you have, you know what mom wants you to do, but, you know, what, what do you want to do? Because it's their life. 
And I think a lot of these kids in, in sports are being pushed. They're pushed, 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 a lot of mainly because of the parents. So I think for parents they should, you know, take a look at that and step back and really ask their children, is this really what you want to do? And then make it okay for them to say, no, I don't want to be, I don't want to play football, you know. And usually maybe the other parent or other uh, people around them, they kind of know that this kid really doesn't want to do this. The coach may even know, you know, say, look, he's not, this is not for him. And, um, but the parents keep, keep at it. So I think mainly that's what the parents should do. They should really look at their kids and say, is this what they really want to do? And if not, then don't push them to, you know, to, to get hurt or whatever. And there's too many kids who are falling over dead because they had illnesses that yeah. no one paid attention to because, or they just looked over because they just want this kid to win and to keep fighting. And the next thing you know, they're dead. So, um, I think that's one of the things that people should, should take a look at and remember. But otherwise, um, really good show. Congratulations again on your syndication. Gracias, mi amigo. I'll see you, uh, I don't know, next week, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to chime in for the football show tomorrow? No. Talk about, talk no, about your lines? No. All right, no. all right. Ray, go ahead, man. Oh, yeah, you know, interesting topic. Um, I think that their parents need to just let a kid show them some talent before they enter them into a sport. You can't just wake up one day and say, well, I'm going to take them down to play baseball, take them down to play basketball, football. Because I think a lot of parents have unrealistic expectations of what they want their kid to be and how can your kid be something if you wasn't nothing on the, on any sports field. And that's what a lot of parents don't realize. Oh, I want to be running back. Oh, you couldn't run worth a damn when you was a kid. So <laughs> how can you expect your kid to be a running back? You know. Hope it so came from the mama's running, side. Yeah, so, it, so it's one of those type of things. I think that, um, you know, you should kind of let them carve their own niche. Now once they see this is what I want to be, I'm looking at you know, Adrian Peterson on TV, Aaron Rodgers, and he goes outside. He really practices his craft, and you can go out and throw the ball with him and everything. That's what he's interested in doing. Then you can start taking the steps to advance their career and help them become what they want to be. They may not have the talent, but you'll be able to learn that later on if that's what they want to do. Sure. But, you know, I'll – it's a good thing. I think if you keep kids in sports, it keeps them out of trouble, it keeps them disciplined, and it creates a brotherhood. I mean, when you think about your high school or college football days, there are days you will never forget, I don't care how old you get. You sit down with some of your boys and talk about what went on in the high school on the bus or with the coach, you could talk about it like it happened last week. So it's a great thing. You don't always have to play sandlot ball because it doesn't matter if you're a sandlot star or not. The organized ball is what counts, you know, and I think a lot of times we get that twisted. Like we want the professional ball players to go up to Rucker Park and play against a bunch of amateurs. 
you know, LeBron and the truth, whether they come up there or not, what they going to run all over them boys for. I'm doing against the best in the world, overseas and in America. So, you know, I think it's a good thing, but great show. Look forward to um, tomorrow night's show. And uh, everybody have a good night. All right. Appreciate it, man. And Daddy Rich? Yeah, man, uh, great show, man, and uh, congratulations on your syndication. Thank uh, you. <clears throat> you know, kids, you got to look at it like uh, Peyton Manning, man, his father, uh, Archie. He didn't play football as a kid in Little League. He waited until he was in junior high where his bones were developed and he was more of a, a younger man. Uh, and I think that uh, Ray's right. A lot of these parents – push these kids to be something that they weren't. Uh, you know, they're trying to make them go further than they went uh, and live the dream through them. And if they're not really adamant about playing the sport or doing it, then you can't really expect for them to uh, do the same things that you did or, or beyond. Right. Uh, you know, you have to just let them uh, be themselves and, and, figure their way through it just like you did. You know, my father gave me that choice and let me figure my way through it. It's only fair because, that's again, you will be depriving them of learning uh, if you do those things. And you, you have to watch what you're doing. And it's hard because you want them to succeed. And sometimes that can be mistaken as a parent pushing a kid, uh, you know. But... <clears throat> Uh, I think that uh, all together is a good show. You know, can't wait till tomorrow. All right, I appreciate that, man. And Buff, shut it down for me, bro. Buff. Hello. Sorry about that. There you go. There. No problem. Yep. Great show tonight. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of good information. Um. When you when you put your kids in in sports or any uh, any other you know extracurricular activity, you got to make sure that they're they're suitable for that. And just because you know a kid may you know your favorite team may be Philadelphia Eagles, Steelers, whatever, and your kid decides that he wants to you know play for that particular team, he may he may not be suitable for it for whatever the reasons may be. Whether you know whether you play sports and what, I mean, you excel. That doesn't necessarily mean your kid would excel. Prime example of that is Richard Petty won 200 races, but Cal Petty only won nine. So, I mean, in no championship where dad won seven. So, not saying that Cal Petty was not suitable for racing, but he, you know, he, you know, maybe he chose racing because his dad was in it. So, that doesn't, that, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to be successful. So, you got to make sure that whatever your kid chooses, that you know that's the right niche, niche for them. Um, and I think a lot of times parents push their kids, knowing that their kids are not suitable for that particular sport or, you know, music or what have you, because you know maybe you're making your kid chase your dreams. Make sure that you know that's exactly what they want. Ask questions, and therefore, if there is something that they really want to, you know, really want to pursue, and they may not be strong in it, make sure that you know. You know, you do the right things and try to make them strong in it. Don't force them to do it, 
just make sure you help them with it so therefore they can become better. Because when you help them, it's a whole lot better than forcing them. Um, and I think that's a lot, you know, where a lot of parents kind of make mistakes where they try to force the kids to be good instead of helping them to be good because helping them will make them go further in the long run. But other than that, you know, great show. Looking forward to, you know, thank you know, looking for thank um talk to Q as far as, you know, being on syndication. I think that's going to be really good, you know, for the show. Um, that's going to be pretty awesome. And uh, also looking forward to tomorrow night's show and predictions and things of that nature for the new NFL season. I think this is going to be one of the tightest NFL seasons we've ever seen because right now, yeah. you know, looking at everything, everything the way it is right now, I only see one team that absolutely completely sucks, and that's, and that's the Redskins. Everybody else, I mean, it could be one of those seasons where everybody is seven and nine, seven and nine and better, and that would be frightening. But uh, other than that, everybody have a great night. All right, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that. I appreciate you all joining into tonight's show, chiming in. Um, again, you know, like I said, we're talking football tomorrow, so everyone get ready. I hope to have a podcast on Thursday. I can't guarantee that because the person who I was scheduled to record with has, um, had some personal things going on, so I'll try to get that situated and rescheduled if it can't drop on Thursday. But my thanks to TruthDevour.com, my official sponsor, LiveTraders.net, Batterizer.com, my show legends, tweet chatters, and Facebookers for participating on tonight's show. The upcoming schedule can be found at TalkToQ.com. If you want to hear previous shows, then subscribe to me on iTunes and Stitcher Radio or go over to thegoodradionetwork.com and get caught up. Everyone have a great night. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. Let me thank you for having me on your show. It's so awesome to be here with you and all your listeners. I never really have a lot of pity for females when it comes to relationships. Well, I am pro-woman, but I'm not anti-man. I know the value of a good man. You know, we need more shows like this because people need as much relationship help out there as they can get.